Hey, Analysis listeners. Thanks for listening to today's episode on Amy Adams. It would mean a lot to us if you gave us a like and a subscribe, and hell, if you're feeling frisky, leave some comments down there in the comments section. Anyway, that's all I got to say. Thanks, and enjoy the show, friends. Well, Ricky Bobby is not a thinker. Ricky Bobby is a driver. He is a doer. And that's what you need to do. You don't need to think. You need to drive. You need speed. You need to go out there and you need to rev your engine. You need to fire it up and you need to grab a hold of that line between speed and chaos and you need to wrestle it to the ground like a demon cobra. And then when that fear rises up in your belly, you use it. And you know that that fear is powerful because it has been there for billions of years and it is good. And you use it and you ride it. You ride it like a skeleton horse through the gates of hell and then you win, Ricky. You win. And you don't win for anybody else you win for you you know why because the man takes what he wants he takes it all and you're a man aren't you aren't you Susan I've never heard you talk like that are we about to get it on because I'm as hard as a diamond in an ice storm right now recording recording I have leveled All right, welcome back, analysis listeners. Welcome back to the pod. Welcome back to the pod, Jordan and Mike from Denver. Hi, guys. What's up? Hey, Bob, and uh, a happy belated birthday to you. Hey, thanks. If you guys are if you guys are listening into the future, many months or years into the future, August twenty fourth is my birthday. We are recording on August twenty sixth. And today's a special day. We're bringing back a very popular segment. We're bringing back a case for, and today we're going to be doing a case for Amy Adams. Yeah. <laughs> Woo, a little fanfare there. And uh, with, with the case fours, we handle this with a little bit of structure. So we like to talk and profile an actor's career. We do so by talking about our two favorite movies they've been in. That might be a movie or a performance. We let that be a little bit ambiguous. We also talk about our least favorite movie that they've been in. Every rose has a thorn. So we talk about the worst movie that they've actually been in. And then we do some shout outs, some underrated movies. And we just like to generally talk about the performer themselves and talk about what their career may have meant to us or how we enjoy them today. So we're going to do that today with Amy Adams. And I want to kind of kick it off with you guys by doing this how we normally do and talking about just our general feelings or observations that we made while going through this exercise. So we'll start with you, Mike. What were you, some of your feelings in general about Amy Adams? Huge Amy Adams fan. I'd say first and foremost, what's amazing to me about her is the, the range of roles she's done over like the last 20 years and then she can do pretty much anything it's kind of amazing yeah the same the same person that's ricky bobby's girlfriend in talladega nights is also an arrival yeah right yeah and we don't need to go through the whole yeah we need to go through the whole filmography but it's like she's done these like family pg movies she's done you know sci-fi even like arrival you know really more serious drama like doubt and the fighter she's done more indie dramas like the master she has that kind of bit comedy role in Talladega Nights, and she's done TV, like an HBO show, where she's the main person in it. So it's like, you kind of put her in just about anything, and she elevates it or does a really good job in it. And I'm sure we're going to talk about that with the movies, but just the range to me is the first thing that pops out looking at her IMDb. Okay, Jordan, any thoughts or feelings? Yeah, and it's, it's probably because of that, Mike. I hadn't actually uh, I thought of it that way myself, but unless I'm out of touch with America here, I consider Amy Adams to be one of those actors that's a household name, someone that everyone knows. Um, and you, you probably nailed it there, Mike. And the reason for it is probably because she's done a little bit of everything. So if you're an art house snob or somebody who only watches Will Ferrell comedies, you've seen Amy Adams. She's someone that I've, at least I have a perception of her as an actor at the top of her class. Um, so that's why I was kind of a little surprised going through her filmography to see uh, that although she's done a ton of great movies, there's been quite a few kind of crappy ones in there, which is not surprising for any actor, but I just, uh, it caught me off guard a little bit just because I, I, I think so highly of her and the work that she's done. Um, someone that seems like she's a, 
her face is at the Oscar every single year, uh, mostly because it is because she's being nominated for something. I think she has uh, six Oscar nominations over the past 12 or 13 years or something like that. So um, she's in the conversation constantly. Um, but, you know, there's a, there's a couple of, of duds in there, too. And a lot of that is probably because she's done three of the worst superhero films ever ever made. But um, overall... <laughs> Overall, man, you're yes. spoiling a lot of bits. You're spoiling yeah. my, you're spoiling my Oscar nomination bit. You're spoiling my, my worst bits. My bad. Maybe we're doing too many of these and we're we're rubbing off on each other. Yeah, exactly. Go ahead. Uh, but you said overall, <laughs> right? Overall, she's a. Uh, you know, I don't know how you guys feel. I, I always can uh, consider someone that's uh, top of the class, and um, yeah, I. My take is I wrote underrated, mm-hmm. which is incredible to say because, like you said, Jordan, she's been nominated six times, starting with Junebug, which is a, a, a small little indie movie, and then Doubt, The Fighter, Master, American Hustle, and Vice. So it's, it's hard to be underrated but get nominated six times. But I think she's underrated because a lot of her performances are understated. So I wrote understated down here where – She's not a very flashy performer. She's I, there's there's a few roles where she gets to flex a little bit or, or chew up scenery, but a lot of times just her the strength of her roles are in the details. And I always believe her. I there's not one character on this filmography where I didn't buy into. I didn't think she wasn't right for the role. I I've always believed in her she has full commitment regardless of the setting of the movie that she's in she has full commitment to that world to that character and that makes me buy into her performances and i think it makes it very realistic and believable and she's also lethal with her words and her timing the way that she's able to manipulate pauses uh, the the way she is in her face in 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 the nuances of her gestures, she's she's a very realistic and natural actress, and and that comes with also being just a very kind of regular looking person, right? And actually, I think the person that put it best best was I found this Paul Thomas Anderson quote that said she's not very spectacular in real life; she's just sort of there. And then he said, but then turn the camera on, and it's like lighting a firework. It's a gigantic explosion of talent, skill, and creativity and charisma. And I really believe that. Like she's, she just when you see her in interviews, when you see her in person, she she just kind of seems like a nice Midwestern girl. I think she's from Nebraska or something. But man, y- you put her in a scene, and it's just she's in completely engaging. And I've always been really into her, and I've always been pulling for her. And a lot of these Oscar races, I'm always like, man, I really hope she gets one. She's kind of become one of those little darlings for me, where where I'm always rooting for her career, and, and I just. You guys know I'm a, a turd for these living room dramas, and she just she nails that kind of stuff, and, and, and I've always really appreciated her in general. Yeah, she's not a, a loud actor. She's not an over-actor, but she definitely has a quiet fierceness to her where she can be threatening or scary or intimidating even without having to raise her voice, without having to pound her fist, where she shoots a look or she puts emphasis on a certain word, and the point just gets across. Yeah, she's, she's very good with the Velvet Whisper. I was going to say, I think you're right on board, Bob, with... I mean, the way I would explain it, the way I wrote it down here, is her screen presence is really underrated. And we can't really talk about this in too much detail without going through the movies, but and in my two movies, they're on here mainly because of just her presence on screen and a lot of the nonverbal stuff she does, which it doesn't necessarily anchor the screens, but it really elevates what everyone else is doing. She's really, really good at that. And I think that's what Paul Thomas Anderson is really touching on. And maybe it's not such a coincidence that many of the movies that she's been nominated for and many of the really good movies that she's been in, she's actually been a third character and given limited screen time, but uh, with the director's yes. knowledge that she can carry a lot of weight in she's those, a scene stealer. Uh, li- that limited amount of time. That's why I love that she's always been doing these projects with Philip Seymour Hoffman before he passed because he was the very same way. 
where he he was a lot of times second or third mm-hmm. build, but he would shine in every single scene, and he was the person that you would talk about over dinner after the movie. And the same way with her, I'm always like, damn, she was, and she's been a lead for sure now, but she, you know, the, the movies where she's second or third string, mm-hmm. you're like, she completely stole that, including Vice this year. I was like, man, Amy Adams is the best part of that damn movie. Right, right, and she's consistently on screen with those people. Yeah, she's too. she's certainly not afraid to to go head to head with other uh, heavy hitters. It was like Christian no. Bale and Philip Seymour Hoffman, Meryl Streep. She's on screen with some like unbelievable people, and she's elevating those scenes still, which we'll talk about. For sure. That's, For that's sure. what I think is a huge skill she has. Yeah, yeah. Leonard, Leonard DeCap. Shout out everybody drink. Catch so let's get into these lists here. Let's get into these lists. Uh, Jordan, let's start with you. What's your favorite Amy Adams movie? Well, Bob, I appreciate you allowing me to go first here. And I might fill up the whole rest of the podcast just talking about Arrival, because Ah, I think it is an absolute masterpiece of a movie, Um, and I don't think that's hyperbolic. I do think it's a movie, for me at least, that I had to see twice. The first time I really enjoyed it, the second time I had a whole nother spiritual experience seeing it. And to me, it is the best type of sci-fi movie that exists. Because even though it's a movie about aliens, it's really a story about us, and it's about the human experience. Um, And that's something that you see from time to time in in sci-fi movies. It's not uncommon. But what I really, really love about Arrival is that it also has this element where it ventures into the unknown by asking some questions that are uh, very science fiction-y, questions that we don't have answers to, and really sort of existential questions uh, which leave you thinking about the movie uh, long after you've left the theater. And so um, for me, it's, it's her top movie. Uh, she's also the leading role in it, so she gets to carry this movie more so than the other movies, not to uh, diminish them. But uh, the fact no, that the this entire is a movie is on her, her shoulders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, it's one of those movies where she's, she's quiet. She's almost whispering throughout the movie, but... Uh, the movie itself is very suspenseful, and that suspense is really derived through Adams in a lot of way, and the way that she's interacting with uh, not only other characters in the in the other actors in the film, but the way that she's uh, internally sort of monologuing with herself, and the way that she interacts with aliens. Even I mean, it's it it really is is carried through here, and it's very suspenseful, um, but it's it's really impactful. You're, it's really funny that you say that you've watched this movie over and over again because this is the when I watched it for this exercise, it's only the second time I've ever seen this after I saw it in theaters. And I know me and you were floored when we saw this in theaters, but watching it again and you know the twists of the movie, it's such a measured performance because she's got all this. You're always you're in the first time you watch it, you're kind of wondering like why is she behaving a certain way or why is she acting towards certain characters a certain way, and when you watch it the second time, it's all there from scene one. It's in her eyes, it's in her face, it's in her body, and so it's it's really a fascinating rewatch over and over again. And to your point, Jordan, yeah, this story is about the power of language and how language should be used to solve problems not create them and really it's about international cooperation and how we have to settle our shit sometime yeah but it's also about the intricacies of language and the human existence and it asks what does it mean to be human and how does communication play a role and how does the way that we communicate impact the human human history, our everyday lives, and you can think back about any number of situations throughout history that have been uh, affected by language for better or worse in one way or another, disasters avoided, wars that have occurred, and it's also very relevant to today's, yeah, language and culture. Yeah, to today's times, right, where I don't think it's mm-hmm. a, a mistake that you have aliens, foreigners coming into uh, our country and people are wary their their immediate reaction is one of uh aggression and anger where amy adams is really only the voice of reason in this in this whole movie um her and and jeremy renner and um you know those are those are lessons that can be applied today but then what really takes the movie to the other level for me is this question about 
what if, what if it was possible to perceive the passage of time in a different way? And that's really the science fiction part of it to me. And the part that really makes you go like, wow, like it's really fascinating to think about a human life, about our own existence, if we perceive time in a nonlinear way. And you start to ask yourself questions about, you know, the same kind of situation that you put yourself in in Amy Adams' situation in the movie where she has to uh, essentially decide knowing the future about her daughter dying at a young age and in making a conscious choice to go through and live her life basically being naive, purposely naive to the situation just so she can experience it as she would if she didn't have this gift, as it, as it were, to perceive time in a nonlinear way. And I think that really makes you question, uh, makes you think about your interactions with the people you care about, the people you love, and um, makes you think about the future and the past and, and, and just everything that happens in one's life. Yeah, yeah, I think one thing on top of that, Jordan, is just from a movie perspective, especially sci-fi, I like when they take really simple questions and kind of pose that question in a movie form. And it's interesting to think about, like, what is what would you say to an alien? So if someone landed, what would you say to them? Who would you find to figure out what to say? I think all that stuff is really well done in the movie. And Amy Adams looks and acts the part. She's a, a broken linguist, which is difficult to be cool or interesting with, I think, and not have it be overbearingly smart. She's not like an overbearingly, like, stuffy smart character. There's, like, a lot of human element to that. So I agree. And I think with her movies, adding them all together in terms of screen time. This has got to be one of her biggest ones, right? In terms of how much dialogue sure. and how often she's actually on film. That's a really good point, Mike, is when was, when, name any other time in any sort of piece of fiction where a linguist is the job title of a central character. Any character, really. <laughs> I didn't really know that what a linguist right. was, but... What's a linguist? Yeah. yeah. What's a linguist? I, I honestly don't you know know um, the discipline of the it, academia but it, of it. But apparently, the most it's one of the most important uh, profession specialties that you can have in, in case of a alien invasion crisis. And and Jordan, you you had a really good point that I heard you say where you're talking about in in aliens used as a metaphor for foreign people or invasion. That's that's definitely been done before, but this definitely has a whole new approach on a, on a genre that's really been done. For, for for a long time in in cinema but the the direction of this movie as well not to get off the performance because the performance is incredible her performance is is so measured like i said in 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 an, an unreal but denny villeneuve he directed prisoners and sicario he's one of the great directors that we have right now he does such a good job of building tension in that first act and and the paranoia, and it's it's really unnerving as you're kind of building to her getting to that spaceship, and then man, the cinematography around that field and and with the fog and, and everything, he just he he's a master of building these uh, these set types, and you know he did it even in, with with Blade Runner, and and it's just like the, the the visuals itself on top of an amazing script on top of a performance like this it was it was really it's it's a, an incredible rewatch i can't believe i haven't rewatched it since yeah there's no alien jump scares there's no real explosions or gun battles or uh, anything that you might find in certain type of alien sci-fi movies but there is just beautiful cinematography and a score that really helps build the tension score through. So, good. so good kind of just like low tones that sort of build and build yeah, and you don't even see the aliens that much. A talent in its own to have an alien movie where it's not really about the aliens, which it's not. No, it's about the people. It's about the humans. Yeah, it's, it's mostly about talking to aliens that can't actually communicate with you, yet it's, it's, you're on the edge mm -hmm. of your seat, and it's, it's Those not Those scenes are so second. good. They're so tense. This movie does a great job building tension with the, with the gravity piece and, and all that. Man, when she's going up in there and they're talking to her about the gravity and, and the difference, it's like, oh, my God, what the is this and then the, the 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 trick they had with the camera it's it's a really really amazing watch if you haven't watched it yet jordan what was your take on jeremy renner's character in this in terms of his performance or in terms of his necessity of the film just the character yeah i think i think he's there to to balance um so he's the scientist right he's the, the theoretical scientist and she's i would say more the humanitarian or the um 
you know, you guys talked about how she's a linguistic. So they they represent sort of two ends of maybe the academic uh, uh, spectrum. Yeah, spectrum. and I, I think he's there to, to balance out, because I, I did read that um, it was really important to the creators to get the science part correct, even though, of course, a lot of it is... Um, you know, a little bit made up, but they invented essentially a language that, which the alien language was something that they had, I think an artist actually create, but it's, it, it sort of exists as a real thing. Um, and I, I think he was just kind of there to, to balance that out and to add some science to it and some, I don't know, a little bit of uh, reality uh, into, I don't know, I'm stretching here. I'm trying to come up with it as I go, but um, no, and obviously, she, they need, I thought he was yeah, pretty whatever. There needed to be a uh, there needed to be a relationship <laughs> piece, like there often does in a movie, especially since it deals with yeah, the fact that her daughter passes away, and that's that's a, a pretty important part. Um, but couldn't they have done that with her? Just anyway? like why did it have to be? Uh, I don't want to. Why did it have to be Jimmy Renner? Yeah, why did it have to be yeah, this motherfucker? But. Yeah, he, there was a lot of him standing in the background, kind of like, well, what do he, we do next, Amy Adams? He had the I, only uh, cheesy I, line in the whole movie, which was something along the lines of, I've been, yeah. I spent my whole life looking up at the stars, and the only thing I didn't see coming was you. And that was, that's the only line in the movie that it's like... Yeah, oh my god. That, that one, <laughs> I forgot yeah, to say that. that. It's so bad. Every, in the, it, she, at that point, she already uh, has this gift of seeing the future, but I even felt like, and this is probably me reading into it because it's such a cheesy line, but I felt like she almost gives him a look like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> you should have. Well, I, the, the suspense in this movie is really based around the characters, which is my favorite type of suspense. It's it's not artificial. It's, it's really your investment in the characters is going to make this movie suspenseful or not suspenseful to you. And because to me it's completely thrilling, even on a second watch or a third watch, it, that's a testament to Amy Adams in this. I guess I'll close my thoughts on this movie, which is also my number one on here, uh, by just saying best alien invasion movie ever, or one of the best, top three. That's what I wrote down on my notes as I was finishing up my view. Do you guys think this, where is this in the pantheon of the alien invasion canon? It's certainly Mount Rushmore, I think. I mean, it's up there. Yeah, can you think, I, can you think of any others that would be on that list off the top of your head? Well, it, I, I mean, alien invasion stuff. Yeah, you've got a Independence Day or yeah. Alien. Mm-hmm. That's like that's just a totally like different class. Yeah, of movie no, too. it is, it is, it is. But yeah, this one, this one's very unique and and thumbs up all the way around. So, Mike, what was your favorite Amy Adams performance or movie? Oh boy, so this one was really tough for me. I probably spent too much time thinking about it because I was trying to balance screen time with her performance and not focus as much on the movie because I think her best performance is in American Hustle if you're just taking it screen for screen, shot for shot and I don't think it's her best movie Yeah, I just rewatched it again before it's the definitely podcast. her showiest one yes, yeah, and like you said the Paul Thomas Anderson quote with the fireworks and the explosion of creativity and charisma that's kind of all on display here with her she actually has a lot of stuff she has to do she has to like be really sexy she has to be this con woman who's really intelligent she does a deceptively good job of switching between the accents, and I love that scene with Bradley Cooper when she comes clean. It's oh, really yeah. incredible. She's got the curlers in her hair, and she's lying to him, but not really at the same mm-hmm. time. And So I think she has a lot of great scene work there. And I also think this is an interesting thing, because in this movie, she's she got nominated for Best Actress for this. And I, is that the only time she got nominated for Best Actress? I think the rest were supporting. They're right? all supporting, yeah. So, yeah, which is, you know, that can be just a decision thing, and it can go either way. But I find that interesting because there's, you know, there's Jennifer Lawrence is on screen in that movie, too, for less time. But for her to come out of that with an Oscar nomination, and to not win it, actually, considering Kate Blanchett won for Blue Jasmine, which is kind of crazy... You guys watched that movie again since then? I, I haven't. No, no, it hasn't really uh, stood the test of time. No, not at all. So I think if you rewatch that movie, she's got the post-interrogation scene where it's the first time she's kind of rattled. And she does the, you know, maybe I do like him, the Bradley Cooper character. She goes back and forth with the accents that I love. She really has some on-screen time to actually showcase some stuff. So 
out of all of her movies, that's kind of why I went with that one being number one. Okay. Yeah, I mean, we talked about this pretty at length with the Bradley Cooper one as well, because I, I brought up uh, this for one of Bradley Cooper's movies that I really liked, but we definitely talked a little bit about Fat Christian Bale, too, and how much we all love Fat Christian Bale. And just this, this is a really great ensemble movie, another Renner movie. So yeah, she's worked with a lot of the same actors mm-hmm. and in different projects with different directors. But yeah, just, just, she's, she's a lot of fun in, she, it's, it's a movie that has a really great pace. It's super engaging. I didn't rewatch it for this, but I remember watching it for the Cooper pod and being like, man, this is flying along. Shoot. We're already at this scene. It feels like I just sat down. So the movie is very engaging. It's, it, it's it's a lot of conning and I love con movies. So I, I always kind of love, love the, the, you know, what, what's the trick up my sleeve? What, what am I not seeing? What am I going to, what's going to be revealed to me at the end of this movie? Oh damn, that's how they did it. So I, you know, I really like this one as well. And, and, and I'll agree. I think she had a, a, a very fun performance and had to, had to juggle a lot. What about you, Jordan? Yeah, I think I'm on the record. If we go back to the Cooper podcast, uh, as saying that, uh, even though we were focusing on Bradley Cooper at the time, that really it was Amy Adams and Christian Bale that were the most engaging in that movie. Um, and there's really three different individual storylines and characters that you can care about, uh, which is Cooper, Adams, and Bale. And I, and I really thought Adams and Bale mm-hmm. carried that. And yeah, she's, she's on screen right next to Christian Bale. And um, he's one of the great actors of our time. And, and it, she's... On par, toe to toe with him, doing just a fantastic job. I, I actually had American Hustle as my my second choice um, for a lot of the same reasons. Oh, okay. Pointed out, Mike. Hmm. I will say for a movie though, uh, I I've seen it. I think because I rewatched it for the Cooper, uh, which uh, podcast as well, which is either the second or third time I've seen it. And as much as I I think of it as an enjoyable movie, like I'm sitting here trying to remember the plot, and maybe because it is a con movie and there's a lot of moving parts. It's kind of uh, it doesn't stick with me that much. It's a con man, conning a different con man, about doing a con. There's like seven. It's it's one of those Russian dolls full of cons. So uh, it's yeah. There's there's a lot happening in in the mm-hmm. plot. It's it's tough to kind of explain it beat by beat, but I I think it's. It's, there's not a ton that's memorable off the top of the head, but when you get back into the movie, you remember, oh, this is a nice, comfy place. This is a nice hang. I can I can enjoy myself in here. Yeah, very fun movie, just to sit down and watch. And just not pay attention yeah. that much and just enjoy it, for sure. So, Mike, because Jordan has said Arrival and American Hustle, what did you have as your other movie? This is actually great, because I was going to put number one. So The Master is my number one. Two, I think it's a tie almost for me. And the reason it's not number one is because she hardly says anything and really isn't on screen that much compared to her other movies. <laughs> yeah. But, but... Lots of concerned faces. I was going to say, so if we're talking about what we opened the podcast with, her ability to be in these scenes, and a lot of this is Paul Thomas Anderson and the way he directs, but uh, just as an Dude, example, the scene, the scene where it's like in the first act pretty much where... Philip Seymour Hoffman is sort of displaying for everybody his technique, and that guy's like, excuse me, excuse me, and he's calling him out for being a fake and a con doing hypnosis. There's two or three shots where they just pan over for two or three seconds to Amy Adams, and you can tell just everything you need to know about what's going on in that scene from just looking at her face. She's like absolutely furious. She doesn't know if she should jump in and say something. She's really ashamed. She knows it's going poorly. And then that continues with with Philip Seymour Hoffman talking, and they go back to her again, and you can see the same thing. And she's always in the backdrop, right? And if you want to get into the film analysis part, you know, she's the actual master, allegedly. There's a lot of ways you can go down that rabbit hole with these kind of movies, but she's just sort of behind him always, right? And she's just looking and leering and kind of paying attention and kind of like giving little looks. And it, it, she's the main actual person in the movie that's kind of orchestrating things, so... I think it's really hard to do that. And I don't know how many people could do it as effective as she did it. And also, I'm a huge Paul Thomas Anderson stan. So I definitely put yeah. this one up there because of that, too. This was one where I was I was very frustrated at myself because I couldn't wrap my arms around it on the first watch, on the second watch, 
on the third watch. I really honestly still don't fully understand this movie. Because you guys huh? don't like it, right? I yeah. well, can uh, it? I didn't I think just, you guys for liked me, the movie, I, I know Paul Thomas Anderson. I appreciate his brilliance. I walked out of that movie really wanting to love it, but I didn't understand it. And for me, it's really hard to to love a movie if if I don't get it after mo- multiple watches. I can appreciate a lot of the elements of it, and it's just straight up over my head. I I can I'm I'm completely humble myself and, and humiliate myself in saying I fully don't understand this movie. While I say that, I'm also completely hypnotized by the performances of Joaquin Phoenix and Philip Seymour Hoffman. And the scenes they have together is Unreal. straight that masterclass. Was, that was my thing, is that for me it really felt like a movie that existed as a vehicle for Philip Seymour Hoffman and Joaquin Phoenix. And oh yeah, Amy Adams is there too, and she's great, but uh, it's not a movie that I didn't like, and... I, you know, I don't know, maybe it was over my head too, or maybe I, it, it, there just wasn't that much to it. Um, I just felt like it was, it was there to showcase their skills. And, you know, Amy Adams, like you said, Mike, she's not really saying that much, but uh, I think maybe the, the most uh, she says in her longest scene is her just jerking off Philip B. Seymour Hoffman into a sink, so. Um, well, no, hold on, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But but Bob, to your point though, it's it really is a master class. Joaquin Phoenix is like jaw droppingly. He's insane. Uh, He's out of his mind insane. Yeah, yeah. It honestly Yeah, and here's a fun fact about this movie. Rami Malik is in it, who has an Oscar and Joaquin Phoenix doesn't. God damn it. Yeah, that's that's a good use case for Oscars. Jesse Plemons is in it. Amy Adams doesn't have an Oscar. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, the point is, there's those incredible scenes of Joaquin Phoenix and Philip Seymour Hoffman, but really, a lot of those scenes, the story is not progressing with those scenes. It's just like the weird interaction of Philip Seymour Hoffman and how bizarre he is with people and how he's just kind of talking out of his ass the whole time. Amy Adams, the stuff that she does in the movie moves the story forward. So, like, that scene after the scene I just talked about, Philip Seymour Hoffman's pounding away at the typewriter, freaking out, and Amy Adams gives this entire, like... Uh, just we need to go on the attack we need to go on mm-hmm. the offensive we need to do this when she speaks and does things it moves along pretty much everything and that's the whole film analysis of there's been 20 different things written about it's about evolution it's obviously about Scientology in some degree but her character is actually really important because without that I think that movie would be kind of a mess it would just be like a bunch of scenes that don't make a lot of sense so again I did it, I've seen the movie so many times, I really enjoy it, so it's just different for me, but that's why it's... It's, it's a rewatch in a whole different way, and, and most of it's around mm-hmm. trying to figure out what the fuck they're trying to communicate to me. And then the other piece is just, these actors are incredible. And, but, but yeah, just the, just the who is the master, because I've heard the, the theory that Paul Thomas Anderson is actually the master. Uh, I've heard that... JP is the master. Um, I, I I have never heard the angle that she's the master, but the, the way you just spun it, and maybe that's part of the fun, mm. is that it's one of those chat room or message board type movies, and he wanted people just to theorize what the fuck he's talking about, and so he kept it very open. He kept it very vague so that people could kind of have a debate. Yeah, that's why I love his movies, because they're so intelligent and they're open-ended in so many different ways. And it's fun to just talk about it and watch the movies over and over again and kind of... Like, I'd like to see those other theories and watch from that lens and just see if, like, okay, yeah, I do see that. I see how X person's the master, whatever. So, yeah, I mean, I really enjoy it, obviously. But Yeah, you watch it from, from a different character's point of view or a different character's track, and you start to almost appreciate it. And it I, I think you bring up so. a really good point, Mike, and uh, for anyone who's on the fence about rewatching it, rewatching it from the perspective of... Uh, through the lens of... Amy Adams' character is, I think, a really interesting way to do it, because I had been watching it as uh, a showcase for Joaquin Phoenix and Philip Seymour Hoffman, so uh, it actually makes me want to go back and rewatch it again to uh, look at it from that angle and see how uh, I experienced the movie and if, if I experienced it in a different way. Great. So, we got a lot of the our favorites in. I'll just add my... Uh, one of my favorites is the movie Doubt, and a, a play, it was a play adaptation written by John Patrick Shanley, so you guys all know I'm a theater turd, obviously I'm going to be drawn to this, but 
If you talk about some of the best overall ensemble work in the last 20 years, I challenge you to find uh, some better ones, and you probably can, but, but not very many, better than Meryl Streep, greatest actress of all time at the top of her game, Philip Seymour Hoffman, best actor of his generation at the top of his game, obviously another understated performance by Amy Adams, you've got Viola Davis in this as a kind of a breakout performance. All four of those people were nominated for Oscars in mm, that that's year. Right, that's right. It is another one of those kind of the, the the playwright purposely made the play so that the the final act is actually people discussing it and 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 the final act is people trying to figure out in this movie you can two people can see the same exact movie and have different interpretations of this movie. And it really reveals within yourself some of these unanswerable questions in the movie and uh, just the performances. And because of the nature of the movie, it's good to go watch it over and over again to pick up different clues and different nuances. But it's open-ended. It's it's vague. The, the mystery is not solved necessarily within events in the movie. So I it's to, to me, it's a really fascinating movie, and, and I've always loved it. And... Man, I was watching this movie last night straight up inspired by the acting. It made me want to go out and audition tomorrow for something to to get back on my feet and, and act a little bit because these actors were so incredible in this movie. What do you, what do you guys think about Doubt? I think it's unbelievable. I agree with you that <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman and Meryl Streep are just throwing haymaker after haymaker in scenes, and you're just like, what? This is so unbelievable that these two people are going this hard at this. And then you have Amy Adams, who's this sort of like complete opposite of Meryl Streep's character. She's really important in the in the story because she's like optimistic and sort of new and like rosy-cheeked, kind of optimist. She doesn't want to believe what's happening. And she's sort of always in the background. I think it's, she's in the scene with the phone ringing, right? Which is unbelievable. Where like the phone keeps ringing and no one answers it. Mm-hmm. And, it's another one of those I think they go back and forth with her a lot and just the way she looks and how tense she is and how uncomfortable she is where Streep and Hoffman are like going toe to toe those two are like no one's backing down and she's terrified and it just helps elevate the scenes which she does and she's completely comfortable she's completely comfortable being that that almost audience perspective she's really the, the the audience you know she's kind of in the middle here between these two great forces and she's trying to work it out for herself and in this scene she feels a certain way and in this scene she feels another way and she's being swayed the same way the audience is but that's not an easy role to do and obviously she was rewarded with with her second nomination in this because you have to respect how understated but how also completely on tone she is for that movie and so I, I just I just really really like this movie and uh, it, and it's also a quick watch it's it you know it, it clips along really really well and it's super engaging. Jordan, how do you feel about it? I've admittedly only seen Doubt one time and, and it's been a while. So correct me if I'm off base here, but I sort of remember Amy Adams' character being uh, sort of the audience where you have. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Meryl Streep and Philip Seymour Hoffman in this battle back and forth about uh, what he actually did as a priest and Meryl Streep has made up her mind that he's committed this crime and uh, Amy Adams is kind of the, the the character in the movie that the audience can sort of relate to that is going back and forth where first she uh, is convinced that Philip Seymour Hoffman really uh, did do it and then he's able to convince her and so she's the she's kind of the embodiment of the doubt that's going back and forth in the movie is that sort of accurate because that's how i remember it kind of yeah uh for the most part yeah i mean meryl streep also she uh she becomes just part of her connection to it she starts to doubt the, the doubt just exists in in general in the movie and the doubt's supposed to mm-hmm. exist in you the person um, you, the audience member, but yeah, I think you you nailed it for the most part, Jordan. But yeah, just just a, another challenging movie, and uh, you know, uh, a lot of the movies we're mentioning, um, not a lot of fun here in 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 a certain way. <laughs> they're not they're not the kind of popcorn picks. They're they're really thought provoking. They're they're really heavy, and 
Um, but uh, just in general, uh, you know when you're sitting down for some of these Amy Adams dramas that it's she's going to have pinpoint tonality when it comes to her, her approach to the character, which, which I always appreciate. So wanted to throw some love at Doubt. Before we throw some love at some of her other movies, every rose has a thorn, every career has a turd. So what were some of your guys' least favorite Amy Adams movies? We'll go back to Jordan. Yeah, am I allowed to just throw a dart at one of these Superman movies that she did? There's three of them, and I honestly yeah, couldn't tell you one from the other. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. And I, I mean, I don't know. There's... Well, you know the worst one's know. Batman or I, Superman. Not even close. That's one of the ten worst movies is, of is, our life. Is that the sure. one where they have, uh, what's the actor, uh, Facebook guy yes. acting like a baby yes, throughout the whole exactly. movie? exactly. Yeah, Jesse Eisenberg. Oh, dude, it's... Who played Mark Zuckerberg. Jesse Eisenberg, yeah, and he's just like... It's one of the so most miscast Not only is that one of the worst things ever, um, also there's the, the Martha line, his mother, and she's the one that tells Batman that they have the mother, the mother with the same name. She's like, why is he saying that? She's like, it's his mama's name. It's his mama's name. And, he, and, and Batman is <laughs> so bad. Oh, man. I guess the best thing you can say is there's there's less to make fun of, of Amy Adams for than other people. So um, at least she wasn't as bad as everybody Doesn't else. Doesn't it make you sad that she could have been making real movies? She could have made something to the caliber of a rival, but instead she had to commit six months of shooting time to Lois Lane and then that fucking movie. I'm I'm not surprised that she did one, even though I would I would like to have, you know, seen her dedicate her time to making better movies, but I kinda give a pass to any of these actors that wanna spend a couple weeks making fifty million dollars. I'm a little surprised that she yeah, did three. I'm a little surprised she did three of them, because then it's like, Jesus Christ, this is this is too much, and it's not like they're getting better. Yeah. Well, well. Are you guys into the Superman? Any of the no. Superman movies that have ever no. been made? Fuck Christopher Weed. They all suck. I don't even like the old ones. Yeah, it's they're not even Dude. they're not even timeless. Like they're kind of like Brandon Batman, Roth. like the old Batman movies. Yeah, yeah like. Superman sucks. No one cares. I have no idea why they're doing these movies still. I seriously think Batman vs. Superman is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Like, it, it structurally, everything about it, it's so, so, so bad. It sucks she's in that. That's by far her worst yeah. movie. Yes, 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 yes. Mike, uh, any no, other shitty movies that, that you don't like? Because I, mean, I definitely was on the Batman vs. Superman train. <laughs> Not hard. I, I want one of the listeners to, to write in and defend one of those movies. Yeah, yeah. Just, I'm, I want on. I want a piece of this. No one, dude. I no one. Batman yeah. and Superman wasn't no, that wasn't bad. Batman. You just didn't understand like, it. God, it was right, bad. right, right. Tell if us you, why that you... movie's good. Give me three reasons why that movie's good. Somebody. One, it was the I, first introduction really, of the blah man look... that you've never seen before. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, yeah. That's where Superman puts on like a like an Iron Man suit, right? It's just so bad. It's that movie is so bad. Uh. What are some shout-outs that you guys have? Mike, what are some of your, your shout-outs, movies that didn't necessarily make your top two, but you want to throw some love at? So I'm kind of shocked you guys didn't say her at all, either of you. Uh, as well, she's a movie. barely in it. I'm just surprised it didn't come up. I mean, just, yeah, we haven't yeah, talked about I mean, I, I wanted to say her so I bad. Her. That movie's phenomenal. That movie, yeah. but she has I a couple just, really nice scenes, but she's not and in it. And also, yeah. quick question, is that a sci-fi movie? Would yes. you call it a sci-fi movie? Yeah, I consider it's a sci-fi romance. For sure. Yeah, unbelievable. She's got, all the, it's got all the main elements. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, yeah, two of the best though. sci-fi movies of the last <laughs> 20 years. She's in both of them. She she's in both of them. I get she's not a yeah. huge role in it, but I don't know, I thought maybe you might just like I did for the master put that in there just cuz you like it so much. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that one for sure. I mean, that was the other one outside uh, a movie I I I don't even remember her that much in The Fighter to be honest, and I haven't seen that movie again, but that's an interesting one to me. I, I kind of wanted to rewatch that in that time, but I'm not sure if that's... Yeah, she's uh, Maki Mark's girlfriend. She's got a little Boston yeah. accent with the hot eyes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's good in The Fighter. That's another David O. Russell movie where he kind of uses her as the third piece. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think... Nominated uh, for it. She... Yeah, she has the most... Uh, there's a scene with her and Christian Bale on the porch of her house. Skinny Christian Bale. Uh, sorry, with her and Mark Wahlberg. Uh, yeah. This is a skinny Christian Bale movie, not a fat Christian Bale movie. Just want to note. 
<laughs> yeah. Christian Bale is great in this movie, but there, there is a scene with her and him that's, I think, the most impactful in the movie. And that just, again, speaks to her ability to to be able to uh, to convey a lot of emotion with limited screen Yeah, time. I mean, Melissa Leo's in there. She wins a Best Supporting Actress. She actually beats Amy Adams for it. Um, and then you've got Christian Bale, who wins Best Supporting Actor. You got Marky Mark, who's not really hard to blow off the screen. and But yeah, she's out there still just getting her scenes. And she's not doing it in a look-at-me, look-at-me sort of way. She's just servicing her part. And when her part needs to come in and, and drive the plot forward, like Mike says, she comes in and absolutely nails it. So... Yeah, Fighter, Fighter is definitely a, a very, very solid movie. Mike, what else do you have? I think that's really it for me. Just those two are the ones that I was thinking about adding and didn't end up adding. Because I had, I had okay. American also won The Master 2 and Doubt 3. So that one we covered. He had some Doubt love. Okay. What about you, Jordan? Junebug is something that's kind of fun to watch if you want to go back and see early Amy Adams. Uh, it was her first Oscar nomination. It's a movie, it, you know, that movie's from... It's, yeah, do you like that movie? It's from yeah, 2005, and it looks like it's from 1985. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, really, would, yeah. And it, as far as, like, quirky does. indie comedies go, I mean, maybe I, that one doesn't really seem to stand up to me, but if you want to see some early Amy Adams, it's a, it's a fun watch. But, yeah, again, not a movie I would, you know, highly recommend. So, it's one of those... It's one of those classic type where guy grows up in some sort of rural town, moves away to the big city, starts dating some, you know, city girl, and then is forced back to come home. He's got to hang out with his kind of like podunk family, and she plays the pregnant wife of his idiot brother, who his idiot brother is super jealous of him and, and all of his success, and it's kind of him bumping around town for a little while but you know she has these really nice scenes and you know she's also as she's good it's, it's that it's that general amy adams kind of oh shucks you know oh go, golly gee but you just kind of full of uh, hope and optimism and she's kind of representing just small town and she's completely enamored with the the big city people and their lifestyle and she looks at them almost like celebrities kind of all wide-eyed so that's kind of her role in there but yeah enough to kind of get some people's attention and definitely launched her yeah career. for sure you know her actually her highest ranked movie on rotten tomatoes is the muppets which is yeah i've never seen she's in that mm-hmm i, I didn't know she was in that movie yeah the, the highest one of of real note is arrival but yeah the muppets is what? <laughs> a lot of people love the muppets what's interesting about her career too What's interesting about her career also is a lot of times, like we look through IMDb at like, this, like, you know, who just their stretches of, she doesn't have like a three year killer stretch really. Uh, I guess no. she did her in American Hustle, I guess. But then, no, never mind. That's totally correct. <laughs> that's, 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 not, that's not right. Because 2012, she did The Master, and 2013, she did her in American Hustle. That's, that's a pretty good run. Okay. Yeah, that's mind. a pretty nice little run there, Hammond. Yeah. Now go fuck yourself. Six, six, six Oscar noms in 12 years or something. That's, that's a good, good run. run. That's a good Definitely. run. So. so my last one's a movie I really like, and I still think about every now and again. She's got a small part in it, but Charlie Wilson's War. I just I, I haven't seen that movie in so long, and I don't remember her in it's it. It's also Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yep, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Is it because I'm a goddamn American spy? Go fuck yourself. But there's a there's a really nice scene with her and Tom Hanks, and she is Tom Hanks' assistant. She's Charlie Wilson's assistant, and they're on a plane, and they're flying over to Afghanistan, and she asks, why'd you get into politics? And she's basically listening. She's listening really well in the scene, but Tom Hanks talks about how he had this really rotten neighbor when he was growing up in texas and the guy fed his dog a bunch of a bowl full of dog food mixed with glass to kill his dog because he kept the dog kept running in his flowers and he was also a government official he was a town jury or town judge or something and um so he ended up going to the guy would always run unopposed or he would always he would always win by landslide in these elections so he rounded up all the black folks in town in this pickup truck and, and, you know, let them know, like, I don't want to influence your vote, but this guy killed my dog, and he would drive them to the courthouse to vote, and they all voted against this guy, and, 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 you know, the guy was kicked out of his office by a matter of three or four votes, but anyway, 
Charlie Wilson says, that's the reason I fell in love with America. That was the time I fell in love with America. But it's a really sweet little scene, and, and Amy Adams is in it. But not a, not a ton for her to do in the movie, but I really like that, that movie in general. We'll see, said the Zen Master. Uh, was a was a really nice part. Um, also, shout out to Enchanted, Mike's girlfriend's favorite movie. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, a lot of people... It, it, she's, she's this princess that's a uh, fish out of water but uh, a movie that's really fun very much like the Muppets uh, uh, just kind of a, a modern day fairy tale live action that uh, it was before they started making every Disney movie into a live action so it was, it was kind of first of its kind in that place but uh, a lot of fun and then I'm going to give a shout out to Vice and just her oh, role really? in it okay. I know that I know that yeah. Mike Mike is not about Vice. If you want to go listen to some of the Vice conversations to, to hear all Mike's takes. not good, for sure. She's yeah, really good in it. That's a movie, but she's good in it. Yeah, I think there's is. parts of the movie that are actually really nice. Uh, but it's more it's more in the performances to me. But, um, yeah, I think that she's really, uh, again, all the things we've been talking about, she's really fantastic in, in, in the moments that she has. One final shout-out I wanted to give was to a cult classic comedy called Drop Dead Gorgeous which is the pageant girl comedy, and she has a bit part in it, but it actually stars Kirsten Dunst, and Kirstie Alley is actually really funny in it, and Allison Janney basically steals the movie, but Southern Girl-type pageant movie, it's, it's actually a pretty good laugh. So with that said, that's the end of our lists. Uh, any final thoughts? Any final Amy Adams thoughts as we... Send it away here, Mike. We say this every time. I'm I'm interested to see what she keeps doing going forward. You gotta imagine she's gonna win an Oscar at some point. It's gonna be mainly timing. Come on, baby. Come on I now. Know. I know. She's gotta uh, do a movie with Leo. She's gotta do another movie with Leo. Oh, shout out to Catch Me If You Can too. She plays Brenda. Yep. Her first and big I will movie. Say, Amy Adams might not happen because Tarantino might be done after this next movie allegedly. It's supposed to be a Star Trek movie. But I would love to Ooh. see her in a Tarantino movie. I think she has enough oh, to yeah. do that, and something, some kind of Uma Thurman, Pulp Fiction, weird. I would just love to see her in like a really off the wall. Uh, oh, oh, Bob, we didn't talk about what's the um, Tom Ford movie, Nocturnal Animals. She's, she's oh yeah, little, Nocturnal Animals. She's a little weird in that, like that, something like that. I want to see her in something really dark, kind of more like the Master, but I'm psyched for her. Yeah, I mean, you want to see awesome. her playing Michael Madsen's husband and Kurt Russell's daughter or something, right? Right. Something like Acting that. opposite of all the Tarantino people. Mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Jordan, what about you? Pretty cool for Amy Adams in one of her first movies to get to make out with Leonardo DiCaprio. How's that for... Uh, in a Steven you know, Spielberg movie? Uh, it's, pretty, it's pretty cool yeah. for her. I'm a little jealous. Um, but for anybody who hasn't <laughs> seen Arrival for a second time, if you're on the fence about it, do yourself a favor. Go rewatch Arrival. You won't regret it. Yeah, yeah, really, uh, really fun rewatch for me, and it, it honestly made the whole exercise worth it. And if you haven't rewatched Doubt, fucking come on over to the theater turd side and watch a little Doubt, and you know, pick up the play, read it, see who, see who you're, see what side you're on, Father Flynn or Sister Aloysius. So, with that said, thanks guys for coming on. Absolutely. Good time. Good time, good time. And thank you all for listening. Don't forget to like and subscribe. You guys have already listened to all of our takes. Please give us a little rating on there. Write a little review if you want. But we always appreciate you guys stopping by. Until the next time, Amy we'll see you later. Bye. All right, everyone. Let's tidy things up. Come, my little friends, as we all sing a happy little working song. Merry little voices, clear and strong. Come and roll your sleeves up, so to speak, in the kitchen. Cleaning crud up in the kitchen as we sing along. Trill a cherry tune in the tub as you scrub a stubborn mildew stain. Pluck a hairball from the shower drain to the gay refrain.